You are listening to Behind the Pulpit Podcast, episode 34, Miracles and Healing. Welcome to Behind the Pulpit Podcast, a podcast designed to grow young ministers. This is Tim Lucas, and with me today in our grand virtual studio is Nigel Ali and Ryan Goff. How's it going, guys? Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, good to uh, hear from you, Nigel. We missed you at General Conference. Oh, don't even don't even mention I missed it too. Oh. Yeah, so for those of you who weren't paying attention to our Facebook, this is our first episode post-conference. Um, we're about a week after, but we intended for all three of us to be there, and I was checking into the hotel. <laughs> I got a text from Nigel saying, uh, I don't think I'm going to be there. <laughs> And you thought it was a prank. Uh, <laughs> well, I did consider the option. I thought yeah, it was a joke. I, yeah, I know. It, it looked like a joke. It looked like a joke to me when yeah, things came up. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. I know we were no. planning to do an episode there. but uh, Yeah, I, it, I know. It, it was heartbreaking for you. I, I can't even imagine. And I'm not even joking. I'm serious. I would have been devastated. Yeah. I think and not to mention the effects of the significant other's Please, uh, that will be that will be interesting if you were to ask them or ask her. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, we all know what it's like to disappoint our significant others, and it's not pretty. But, but moving along. Moving along. <laughs> Those of you who did pay attention to our Facebook account while we were at conference um, will note that we did not get as many Facebook Live videos out as we planned or said we would. Things with kids, and it just got kind of crazy. We are going to be better organized next year, so we'll definitely get some um, stuff going, more action and all that. Um, but we do want to talk a little bit about General Conference. Ryan, what what was your impression? I, this is your first one post-Bible school days, right? Correct. So was it different? I mean, you didn't have to like man a booth and all that. What do you think about conference now? It was a little different because I wasn't at the booth. I didn't see as many people as I thought I was going to see. And of course, I did go by the ABI booth. Did you guys have a reunion at the ABI booth? No. I will say, um, and and this will have already happened by the time this episode posts, unfortunately. However, I anticipate it will be available, recorded. But they are doing, and by they, I mean uh, four Bible schools. It's TBC, CLC, IBC, and ABI. Um, a representative from each school, yeah. which I know Brother Grant is going to be on the call. Uh-huh. They're doing a live webinar um, on talking about um, if a church wants an intern, who to talk to. Um, If a church wants a a weekend ministry team, who to talk to, how the kids there can benefit you, um, how pastors can promote Bible school, why it's beneficial to promote Bible school. Once your Mm -hmm. kid goes to Bible school, how you can stay involved with them and how beneficial that is, things like that, Um, which is I plan on on being there if at all possible. Oh, man, that's awesome. Um, I know two two churches right now that that have asked me, if yeah. they can have like youth pastors and assistant pastors, right. Sunday school directors, and uh, it's it's hard to just find someone. It is, it is hard. So yeah, I, I'm excited to hear hear about that. Um, um, as far as conference, yeah, I I enjoyed it a lot. Of course, I haven't been in a long time, longer than you, Ryan, being on the West Coast for so long. Um, so it was nice for me. I got to see a lot of people. Um, that I knew both from Missionary Kid Days. Of course, there's a Missionary Kid Association. So we had a banquet. And so I saw a lot of people from that that I, you know, have known over the years. And, and it's just really nice to reconnect with people and and for them to know you're doing good and you to know they're doing good. And, and it's kind of, 
just it reminds you, even though cerebrally you know that this movement is a big thing, to sit in the business meeting and hear, you know, there's 3,000 or uh, 3,000 licensed ministers and 4 million constituents, like, yeah. it, it's, it really is reassuring. It's like, man, we're not out here on an island. Right. You know, this is not a thing that is being done behind a, a, a closed door or something. You know, and not that we're trying to be mainstream or anything like that, but this is we're we're on the precipice of kind of that that uh, flashpoint. Right. I feel like yeah. where the growth becomes exponential, and, and that they, a lot of things like that were said at the conference. Um, there's a few things at the conference that were very unique, and I enjoyed. One thing I liked was there was very little fundraising. Yeah, that's you know, what there, I was just going to say. I heard well. a lot a lot of good things about that. I've heard <clears throat> yeah. several people. Uh, mentioned that very same thing that was just straight into service. Yeah. I mean, singing and bang, preaching. And, and I mean, in the general or global missions, they still raised a huge offering. It might have been record. I'm not sure. Yeah, it was 2.3 million. 2.3 million. Uh, now that's in pledges. In pledges. So the things that will come in by the end of the year. Yeah. And so that sends 15 missionaries back home by the end of the year. If that all comes in, there's five already going back. One of them is my parents. Yeah, I heard. I talked to your mom, and that's what yeah. she was saying. They were so, so blessed by it. Very much. This is the first time I know of that they were sent home from conference, and they are so ecstatic, of course, as you can imagine. <clears throat> yeah. Um, of course, I am too. I also like having them in the States <laughs> um, on a selfish uh, note. When I first started attending the general conferences my freshman year of ABI, they were still doing the pledges. and. To see the differences, how I felt the the services went was huge, and they raised just as much money. But more than that, it was I really felt like the messages this year were, at least for me, a lot better than I had anticipated. Um, that first message from Brother Gleason uh, about discipleship making, which we'll talk about that in a future episode for sure. Oh yeah, 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 uh, was phenomenal. Um, and convicting. Uh, and then I actually preached at my home church on Sunday after, after general conference in Los Angeles and going to general conference, I was thinking about kind of meditating and praying about what, what I felt like God wanted me to speak about. And I had Psalms 133 stuck in my brain and it talks about unity after brother Bernard preached on Friday. I knew that was what I needed to preach on. And come to find out that was exactly what Harvest Tabernacle needed at that oh, time. But, but I enjoy, uh, but I thought that that message that Brother Bernard really capped off General Conference with, we are going to be aggressive in our declaration of, of oneness apostolic revival that this world's been having, and it's not going to fade away. And that's yeah. only going to happen with spiritual unity uh, and the call to that. But I know we're segueing into our topic, which is miracles. Which, yeah, so at conference, it was very interesting. You know, a lot of times at General Conference in the Global Missions Service, they have people pray for the missionaries, which we should. But Brother Howe felt this year that this year, instead of the people praying for the missionaries, they wanted the missionaries to pray for the people. Mm-hmm. And so they had each missionary that was there to um, gather people that were connected with them, either you know people that are, were regularly visiting their church or family members, they, not just kind of people that they liked, but people that were very 
connected with them. And so uh, my parents being there asked me and Andrew, two of the us three infamous brothers <laughs> were there. And so they had us, our wives, and then also a couple um, that was in Japan for like 13 years. It's actually a crazy story. You know, I prayed, I wanted a friend because we always would have these families move in. And then I'd be, I'd ask my parents like right away when we heard about it, oh, do they have kids? And they'd be like, oh, they have a two-year-old or, you know, I was six or, oh, they have like 17-year-olds. So it was never my age. Um, and I prayed, I was like, God, I want a friend and, you know, my age and send someone my age. So we found out like, within a month that this military family was coming and they had a boy that was one day younger than me. Mm. Um, and, and so we became very close friends, obviously. And he also had an older sister and we're, we're still pretty close. Um, but so he had th- that family, the, the parents um, were there and um, they had been in Japan for a long time. They, um, he had begun his ministry. As far as I know, under my dad, I don't think he'd been ministering before that. Um, this lady's a powerful woman. She, I, my dad started teaching on home Bible studies, and she just was, you know, came crying to him. Pastor, I've never taught a home Bible study. I want to. I don't even know where to get one. And my dad told her, just start praying that God will send you someone you can teach. And she did, and she started getting Bible studies. And they, like, I don't even know how many Bible studies she taught over the year and, and families that are now in ministry that she won through teaching Bible studies wow, and, and things God. like that. Um, but so, and her husband was, was actually, he pastored a church in Japan for a while. Well, anyways, um, they came back to the States, um, and she's had just in, incredible, um, uh, physical problems, her back and hips have so bad that she, she can't even stand up and walk all day, like halfway through the day. Um, she, she can't be on her feet. Um, and she's been in a wheelchair. She was at conference in a wheelchair. And, um, so, well, that couple, my parents had pray with them. We were praying for people that needed healing. And they said, you know, we know that these healings are happening in America, but we tend to think in our mind that all oh, these things happen overseas. And we want that spirit that, Sorry. and the, the, the healing and miracles and all that, that the missionaries see, we want that to happen here tonight and then go back with the ministers to their home churches. And, um, so he said, if anybody's here that wants to be prayed for, come forward and we'll pray for you. And, um, so you know, that people came forward. We prayed for a few people were healed. I don't know many of the stories. What, um, when we came, I, I noticed her praying with somebody. I just kind of had this thought in my mind. I was like, it'd be really cool if while she's praying for other people to get healed, she gets healed. Um, and then yeah. a few minutes later I prayed for somebody and then I felt like the Lord just told me, go pray for her. And so I waited, she was praying with someone. So I waited until my brother's like, Hey, let's pray for Foksinski. And so when she was done, I asked her, I leaned down and said, Hey, Foksinski, can we pray for you? And she said, yes. And so we prayed for her and man, I felt the power of God so strong. And she, when we were done, she said, I, she was like shaking her head and, you know, we know that it happens and, and all that, but the, when it happens to you and you could see the look on her face, like she had no doubt, but just like, I can't believe it. And for years, she had not been without pain in her back. She's like, it's, there's no pain. There's no pain. Please, yeah. And she, she wow. was dancing and jumping. This woman who couldn't even really hobble into church. She was jumping and then she, she left. Uh, Brother Nathan Herod got a video of her on Facebook. She was walking out and, um, and, and like her husband was pushing her wheelchair. Oh, so yeah, she's walking yeah, yeah. Beside. I saw that. Yeah. I saw and that. she's just saying, thank you, Jesus. You're my healer. And, and because of your stripes and all that. And man, it was so wow. powerful. And Wow, it, that's awesome. It is awesome. And so I was thinking about that. And, you know, I, I feel like the, most of us that listen are Pentecostal and, and believe in this and want it to happen. And so the question is, why doesn't it happen more? So I just want to have a conversation. Now, we haven't prepared to talk about this. So we don't have articles and sources and, and deep theological studies on, on Hebrew words and all that. Um, you know, Nigel, I know you have had s- some supernatural 
um, things in your ministry. You're connected with people who do. Um, Ryan, I mean, you, you as well, and I, I, I've been on the mission field, so I think we can have a decent conversation. Um, Nigel, what do, you, what do you think is key in seeing the supernatural? Like, why, does, why do you see it? Well, for, first of all, to begin with, I experienced it in my own life. Uh, that's what brought us into this truth. It was the miraculous, and uh, we had we had tried everything that we knew to try, from doctors to imams to uh, witch doctors, and so we've we had tried different powers and and uh, you know physical minds of the doctors. Nothing had worked, you know. And uh, when this missionary prayed for us and we got instantaneously healed, uh, I became a believer immediately. What so, were you uh, sick from? I was very deathly ill. We had asthma, uh, just so very bad uh, asthma that my parents uh, took us to the doctors every two, three days. Um, and they uh, thought that we had uh, some spiritual uh, possession. And so... Since the doctors couldn't help, the medical system could not help in Fiji, uh, they took us to the imams to pray, and they prayed and sprinkled water in, in the Muslim faith and uh, prayed for us and all that, different prayers, different offerings. that we, It didn't help either, so they started taking us to witch doctors. Oh, they did some weird stuff to us, you know, rubbing things and, you know, scratching us with knives and all this kind of but anyway, that didn't even work, you know. And so our parents, my parents were very desperate uh, to see my brother and I both uh, healed from asthma. And when this missionary came, he had no idea about that we were sick. And uh, he began to talk to us about Jesus and how this Jesus can heal. And he began to talk to us from the book of Acts. And he began to show us. Um, about the miracles that took place in the book of Acts, how blind eyes were opened. And we listened very intently, especially my parents. And my mom was more attentive. And uh, after he was done, she asked, man, if this what you're telling us is true, would you lay hands and pray for my boys? And man, he did not blink. Uh, he just laid hands and took authority. You know, in the name of Jesus, I command this sickness to be gone. And instantaneously, instantaneously, it was not next week or next month. It was right there and then we were made whole, you know. And it has been 22, 23 years now. I've never had another asthma attack. My brother has never had another asthma attack. We've, we've been just healed. So we, I came into this believing that, you know, I, I didn't grow up in this, but I cut my teeth in apostolic ministry. And so I believe it, like uh, it has worked for me and I see it work for others. So when I talk about miracles, it is not a maybe and maybe not situation. Right. It right. is my heritage, you know, this wow. is what, yeah. what I was born in. And I feel like, you, you know, you remove the miraculous from Christianity. It's no longer Christianity, it's just yeah. religion. And so without the miraculous, Let's pack up our bags and go home. Yeah. You know what well, I mean? Yeah. I did not know that. Bro. That was I, Yeah, that's so that's my kind of my testimony coming. But I tell people, you know, healing just brings us in. Healing just proves right. that God is alive and He is yeah. there yeah. to uh, you know, there to uh, show you that He is real. 
But that's not the greatest miracle. The miracle of all miracles is receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And a couple of weeks later, God filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I was baptized in Jesus' name. And that's what changed my life. You know, that's what changed my life, uh, from the way I think, the way I act, the way I dress, the way I speak. Everything changed. Uh, So, yeah, when you talk about the miracles, why see it? Working in my ministry, I feel like I believe it uh, with yeah. everything that is in me. And the second thing is, a uh, long time ago, the missionary that prayed for me, he's the one who told me, if you want to see the miraculous in your life and in your ministry, the first thing that you've got to do, you know, if you read the book of uh, Corinthians, between chapter 13, 12, First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, 13 and 14, you know, chapter 12 talks about the miraculous, you know, the gifts of the Spirit. Chapter 13 talks about the love. And then the chapter 14 goes on to talking about uh, the gifts and all that. But if you want to see the miraculous, it has to be mingled with love. If you don't love people, uh, it's not going to operate. You've got well, yeah, to love We see so often in the Scripture... Yeah. It, Lord, it says, and Jesus was moved with compassion. Compassion, compassion. And so he healed them all. Yes. It's and not about us, you know. It was inconvenient times. Yes. Yeah. And, and there were other things he wanted to do. Sometimes he was interrupted. <clears throat> right. And yet he had compassion, compassion. on them. Right. Yeah. Love will uh-huh. do the miraculous. Yeah. And, and you brought up something good about belief. Um, and, of course, that's tied into faith, which is a very misused word, misunderstood word. Um, and to me, I feel like the Lord kind of gave me a definition that really worked for me and has worked with people I've been ministering to. And that is that faith is when you act like you actually believe what you know to be true. So in this case, we know in our mind, the healing is accurate, it's true, it's biblical. Now we have to bring our actions in line. It doesn't mean our feelings. We don't have to feel goosebumps. We don't have to feel anything. But we have to do what we would do if we knew, if we actually believed what we knew to be true. So if I knew healing was true, 100%, without a doubt, what would I do? That's what I should do. Right. Um, And of course, we've talked about how biblically faith is never without action. Faith is never talked about um, as even potential action or Mm -hmm. a thought or inward. Mm -hmm. It's always demonstrated. Right. So I remember something I heard, I believe it was Nathan Herod, I'm not sure, mention, and, and it's something that when he said it, I realized everybody that was frequently used in healing does, and that is they have the people test out mm-hmm. whatever they're praying for. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's so important because like, okay, if it, some, you know, even in the Bible and uh, many stories, it's like people were healed when they did mm-hmm. what they were told to do. Told to do right? Jesus, you know, Jesus told the man that couldn't walk, said, get up. Get up, yeah. Yeah. He didn't say, you know, do you feel healed? Okay. You know, no, he get up and then the strength an- entered mm-hmm. his ankles. Yeah. And, and so that, that action is so often what's tied to faith. Do you have enough faith mm-hmm. to do what I'm telling you? Yeah. And, and I think that's really key in seeing the miraculous. I think so. Yeah. Because pick up, you know, pick up your bed and walk. It's a command. Right. And there was no other there was no question. He picked up his bed and began to walk, you know. Right. Silver and gold have I none. And, just, and if bam. he didn't, yeah, he wouldn't have been healed right. when he decided later on to try it out. Right. I don't think. Now, of course, yeah. that's just what, you know, my opinion, but. Yeah, I think it's uh, just 
totally believing it. And there's no yeah. shadow of doubt that this is not going to happen. And you've got to see it in your mind before it happens yeah. physically. Faith is, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So the evidence is not seen, but you've already seen it in your mind that God yeah. will do this. Uh, yeah, I've been very privileged. I feel honored that uh, I have seen things in my life. I've seen uh, things that just are some, sometimes sounds weird. You know, I've seen yeah. a, a tooth uh, being filled. You know, uh, I've seen oh. uh, uh, amniotic fluid in a, in a woman's belly. The doctor said that they had to remove, uh, you know, that baby because the amniotic fluid was drying up. And I saw the the, the next moment after we prayed, uh, she she was fine. The doctors were baffled, you know. Yeah. Uh, I've wow. seen AIDS people. People had AIDS yeah. that uh, we prayed for, and God totally, totally healed them of AIDS. The doctors did not know. And today they are uh, the pastors in BG lame walking, deaf hearing. Yeah. Actually, one time we saw. Uh, in a youth meeting, we saw this girl did not have a sense of smell and a sense of taste. Wow. Uh, and God healed her sense of smell and wow. sense of taste, you know. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, we've seen a lot. Cancers wow. healed, tumors disappear. I've got friends that have been dead and raised again. So th that's our heritage. The miraculous is our heritage. And I think we don't, we don't need to shy away from it. Uh, just preach it, preach it as hard as you can and believe it. And, and I know that, uh, Brother Stone King usually tells me it's not your reputation on the line. Yeah. It's God's reputation, you know. So try and it. I, go, go for it. Yeah. I think that holds so many of us back. We're, and we'll claim we're worried about the Lord's reputation. Well, I don't want to make you look bad, God. <laughs> right. He's not going. No, nobody has ever. When a preacher says something's going to happen, it doesn't happen. Nobody's ever been like, oh, God must have been wrong. Yeah. No, they're like, ah, oh, that dumb preacher, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, it's just, uh, I think, uh, I think we're afraid of it. That's a we fear, are. you know what I mean? That what, what if it doesn't happen? It does, you know, I've, I've been telling people, don't ask me why does you don't get healed. You know what I mean? I don't know why you don't get healed, but I know that God said, if you do this, he will do it. Well, I know. One guy said, the reason we don't see more people get healed is because we're praying for the wrong people. He said, we're praying for saved people to get healed That's when true. God is the one that made them sick because he's using that sickness to do something do in something. their life. Yeah, he's true. like, if we'd go out and pray for unsaved people, mm -hmm. God would heal them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he said, we pray God saves or, or you know, deal with this person or, or whatever. And then as soon as they get sick or something bad in their life, we're like, oh, yeah. God, fix their life. Right. And God's like, what do you want? <laughs> you know, it was, uh, um, Tim, it was before you even mentioned that, that we were going to be doing healing or talking about healing. I, uh, received a book from the chaplain at the hospital that I'm good friends with. And it's on this, uh, early faith healer minister called John G. Lake. You familiar with him? No, no, no. I haven't heard of him. Uh, super interesting. So he, he, his wife got healed of terminal illness in Chicago and that, kind of got him interested in that but he he was going to be a minister he went to bible school uh but he opted not to go into ministry and rather went into business was successful his wife got sick he still was doing business after she got healed and he couldn't shake this and finally he felt like he just wanted to draw closer to god and and discover the the things of god and he literally sold everything and he had he sold everything gave it all away and had one dollar and 
all the money that he got, what he received, people gave him because God literally spoke to them in prayer, and he just gave himself. And so, <clears throat> anyways, his most what he's most well known for was actually here in the Northwest in Spokane. He was actually here in Portland for a long time, uh, for a few for quite a few years as well. But in Spokane, there was over a hundred thousand documented healings. Wow! They said so much so that Spokane was the healthiest city in the country at that time. Wow! It was to the point to where the Better Business Bureau of of Spokane actually sent people to investigate it, and they were going to go to a a, a service. Now, this wasn't the healings weren't his focus. Like his focus was an understanding of God. He, in one point, he was desiring to be filled with the Holy Ghost, like in the Book of Acts. He did get filled with the Holy Ghost. In fact, uh, the account was he was with another minister. The minister was praying for this woman to be healed, and he had been praying for the Book of Acts experience. And he said it was in that room that he felt like God spoke to him and and told him that this was happening. And he said his body was like vibrating. He said he felt like something was flooding him from the top of his head to soles his feet. And he went over to the lady. Said he could barely walk to the lady. Held his put it, put his hands on her and prayed for her and whatever and God healed her. But my question is, or my discussion is, with all these healings in that faith, without truth being preached, right? That's what it, uh, that's just what's uh, amazing to me. I, I don't know. I, I when I was reading the biography because I've had this book sitting on next to my bed for probably a good couple months and I haven't cracked it open. It's literally. 600 pages like it's oh it's my. so wow. thick and so i just read the biography just like a short biography of him, and i was just like astounded because i had no idea that this man had that much of an impact uh and it was and the prime and it primarily was healing miracles the miraculous wow. is, it, is it is it that you're thinking that if we don't have truth that you can't have the miraculous is that well, what you're kind of going well i mean I, I guess the if if the not the if the point isn't exactly for the miracles themselves, but what those miracles lead to. I don't know. It's just interesting how God works like that. So, so yeah, the thing is that God is so faithful to his principles. Principles, yeah, that's true. And because it's, it's not, see, miracles are not built on yeah. your spirituality. Spiritual, yeah. You can be very carnal yeah. Yeah. and see miracles. Yeah. It's happened. We know it has. Yeah. You can be dead wrong in your doctrine yeah. and see miracles. As a matter of fact, you can even be fooling people yeah. and, and, and actually using it for your own benefit. But if you operate... Now, once people find out what you're doing yeah. and they lose faith in you, yeah. you'll be almost not effective at all. Right. But as long as people have faith in you and you know how to operate, right. you'll be effective. Yeah. And that's why I, I prefaced it with uh, when I said... That you know what healing was just a way to sh- for God to show that He's alive. Right. That, that is not salvation. Yeah, and a right. lot of people just get stuck if they see the miraculous following someone, they think that's it. We've got to follow this guy. You know, what I mean that he's he's got the truth. But uh, just like uh, Tim said, man, God is a God of principle. You know, if yeah. you love people, uh, you genuinely love people. Right. It, it will follow you. It's not hard yeah. to get the miraculous. When I was heading down to LA from for the vacation, there's this is actually kind of a two part story, and I and it I talked to Alex about the the second part of it, and I wanted to kind of get what you guys how what you guys thought about it. But on my way to to LA, I stopped in Sacramento and visited a good friend of mine who I've known for a long time, and he's 
recently started a church in Sacramento. It's been about two or three years. And we were sitting around talking that night, and he was telling us about how God's just been opening these doors for him to use his faith. And he's been praying for people that are in the hospitals, and he's like, he's like, they're just, they're being healed, bro. He's like, he's like, I go in and I'm praying for these people. One of them uh, was in a coma, and he's like, I went in and we just prayed with authority and and she was healed and to the point to where somebody wanted him to come pray for someone at the hospital and they were they were saying cuz they were calling him a faith healer and and Nate's like I mean you have to know him he's like a he's 6 foot 4 like 250 pounds maybe you know he's just a big old country boy he's like I don't I'm not a faith healer he's like I just have faith in the healer, you know, he's like, but I went and, and prayed for her anyways. And, and she was healed. He's like, but I have a friend pastor who went and prayed for another person who was in a coma. That person died. <laughs> the yeah. person I prayed for got healed. Nobody came to my neck. Nobody came to church. He's yeah. like, that oh, person man. prayed for someone. They died. He said he had 20 people in his church the next day and three of them got filled with the Holy Ghost. That's hilarious. Yeah. He's like, I so, mean, it's not funny. The person died. But. Right, right, right. But it's just, it's, you know, Nate, yeah. he, you know, he, he understands that exactly what you said, Nigel, yeah. that, that the healing wasn't, the healing was great for that person that got healed. Yeah. yeah. But ultimate healing comes with salvation. Yes. So, yeah. right. So on the heels of this, I'm heading down. Uh, to Los Angeles, and I left early because my cousin, uh, unfortunately, she was 42 years old and had a random brain bleed. And I, I told you guys this: she had an aneurysm and went into a coma. They did surgery to stop the bleeding, uh, but unfortunately, there it wasn't enough to save her. The day that I was driving down there, so on on Wednesday, no, on Thursday. I was driving down there, and on that day was when they were supposed to be get, taking the organs that they were going to use for a donor, as a donor. And on the way down there, now, mind you, I had just spoken with Nate and the night before, and in my mind, I'm just thinking, God, if I can just get there before they take her. Yeah. My uncle kept telling me that you know they were already going to have taken her by the time I got there. And then when I did finally get there at 4.30, I asked my uncle if he'd call the hospital, and he did. He called the hospital, and she was still there. They hadn't, there was a delay uh, with the heart and they needed to get some more uh, tests and run some more tests. And so we went and I'm in the hospital room. Now my uncle was raised in church, but he hasn't been in church for, I don't know, for 30, 40 years whatever, since he was like 17. He's already lost his son to drug overdose. And now he's got his oldest daughter here, laying here, that was uh, in a coma. So I wish that I could that I could get on here and announce with great satisfaction and and make a declaration that I walked in there and just with great authority spoke to her. But the reality is, is that when I walked in there, like I felt like that was what I needed to do but i didn't want because my uncle was so upset already i didn't want to like there was that seed of doubt that's it's probably that's okay man. like it, it eats at me because well i'll tell you i actually 
had a, a similar circumstance. It was someone not connected with me. I was asked to go pray for someone. Many preachers had been there to pray for this kid. Um, he's 20 something dying of kidney failure and, uh, I mean, liver, liver failure. And I walked in and I kind of, I think I mentioned it before on the podcast and, and, uh, you know, I, man, I literally had, as far as the feeling side of faith, man, I was jazzed. I believed with all my heart, his, his grandparents were in the church and, and he'd actually been baptized before. Um, like he was sick, but before he was in the hospital and I walked in and I was just so like, he's going to come up out of the bed. He's going to immediately be healed. He's going to be in church Sunday. He's going to testify. We're going to see miracles throughout the church. It's going to be the beginning of a uh, acts, uh, you know, revival. And I walked in and like, as I got to the floor, they called a, a code and I just like, in my heart, I knew it was him. And I got there and they brought him back. He was having a seizure, actually. It wasn't a code blue. It was another color. I don't know what it was, but it was a seizure. And, you know, I couldn't even get in to the room for a while. I was with the family and they were just like devastated. And, you know, I mean, they knew it was coming soon, but I still walked in and I was still like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I just, you know, to be honest, I prayed and I was like, I prayed that, you know, and part of me was like, well, he has been saved. He had been baptized and we think he probably spoke with, with tongues. At, we're not sure. But, um, and so I was like, well, maybe this is, you know, God's plan was to give him enough time. And I was kind of thinking, but, you know, I, I really believe. And so I did not pray. Like I command you to come up out of this bed and I pray. I'm like, Lord, we believe you can. And, and, and it, you know, we want you, but honestly, that is not the way to pray to get a miracle, but we have, we do have to know when the time is for them to be healed. And that's where sensitivity comes in. Um, but I, and so I actually, I was concerned about it and it was eating me for probably a couple weeks. I was really just like, I would start crying randomly and just like, I'm a failure. This kid would be alive. Revival didn't happen because I messed up and I actually called brother stone King about it and, um, talked to him and he kind of chuckled and he was like, Oh, Tim, He's like, you can't let this bother you. He's like, we can't pretend to know why. And he's like, and you even said, you know, he rejoiced that he was baptized, you know, like, and, and it was like, I, it was very reassuring just as he was talking, he didn't say anything I didn't know, but it was just like the spirit was ministering to me. And I was just like, so rejuvenated. I know, I know exactly how Ryan is feeling because I have stories that the similar thing, uh, there was a Hindu lady, my friend and I, uh, witnessed to, and uh, she was sick. We prayed for her. She felt better. And uh, and uh, then we did not really bring her. We did not really preach, uh, you know. Future Tim here. So I have to leave to teach a Bible study, but it's clear the conversation isn't quite over. So Nigel and Ryan are going to go ahead and continue, and I'll be back at the end to wrap things up. So what, what I'm saying is that I uh, this was a... Hindu lady, my friend and I were witnessing to, you know, we prayed for her and, uh, and she felt better. Uh, but we did not lead her to repentance and salvation. Yeah. And, uh, so we, we left her home and they were rejoicing. Her, her brother was a doctor and, uh, we felt like, man, you know, God healed her and all that. And then a week later, she committed suicide and, uh, I tell you, my friend and wow. I were so broken. Like she hung herself, you know, and brutal death, just uh, just terrible. And for wow. months, and we really were just could not get over it because yeah. we just, you know, we we were rejoicing over the healing and uh, that she was feeling better. 
but we did not go a step further to the greater miracle. And that right. ate at us that, that man, how could I? But at the same time, the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation mm-hmm. to them that are in Christ Jesus. And, uh, you know, some, some of these, I have to say, I prayed for some people that, uh, they, they had great faith that if I come and pray for them, that they will be healed. And I went and prayed for them, and they died. They died, and I was just like, uh, wow. I had to come to a realization that it's not me that does the healing. It's not me that does the delivering. Uh, I'm just a vessel. You know, I go with expectation. If God doesn't do it, I have stopped yeah. beating myself over it because I used to get very emotionally, like, uh, blame myself that maybe if I had fasted some more, maybe if I yeah. had prayed some more, maybe if I had consecrated some more, you know, and, and the, and the devil starts immediately speaking, saying, just because you failed that day, just because you did not do this, what God was telling you that, you know, yeah. uh, that's why it did not happen. Yeah, but it's, uh, you know, I've come to realize that God will heal who he wants to, you know, take who he wants to, you know. Have you had people uh, uh, yes, I ask have. you about you know, good people, why God people, doesn't like, heal people? Uh, I'll give you a very personal instance. Uh, my sister, you I don't know if you did meet I did. her. Yes, I you did. met her. She a came, visited, visited me, and uh, six, six months later passed away, only 25 yeah. On fire for Jesus, you know, she yeah. got the Holy Ghost. She was on fire, the youth team and the puppet team, Bible quizzing. She was doing girls, you know, ministry and all of that. And a sudden death, and it just yeah. like left so many questions. Why, 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 you know? Even I started asking God why, like <clears throat> I could not understand it. But then God spoke to me that it's not for me to understand. Uh, and my family members started really? asking me, why would your God do this? You know, if she was such a good person, why would she? Even my dad started just throwing uh, stones at me, you know. And it was interesting. I was going home for her funeral, and the word was, I did not really know, and the word was that they believed so much that even even though it was three days later, they were believing that I will come home and I will lay hands on her and she will rise up to life again, and that that will be the miracle of miracles, and the entire uh, Muslim families of mine will be converted and all that, you know. And that, I just, I I was put in a lot of pressure. And traveling there, dealing with my grief and loss, and praying at the same time, is this what your will is, God? Is this what your will is, you know? And I, I went home, and I did not feel that that was the will of God, you know. And wow. uh, people were just even burying her. Even after burying, my mom felt like she's going to come out of the grave, you know. That's just, it was wow. a weird, weird experience uh, for me. Yeah. But I had to resolve in myself and know that it's all in the hands of God, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and I don't have all the answers that uh, it's not about, oh, because they were bad or they were good. That That's why they right. did not get their healing. Because we have seen so much healing in our family that yeah. we totally believe. And that's what... It's not a question like of faith. Even, yeah, it's not a question of faith. Even my brother, you know, he does not serve God. And, and he's come to the uh, point where he could have died because he's been a fight or a 
places that he's been, you know, just, yeah. he could have died and God spared his life. And so, you know, with my sister, I just, they just did not have answers. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just rest in God yeah. and trust in God. You know, someone, someone told me this analogy and I don't know if it's a good analogy or not as, as a man of God, you know, you know, a doctor loves people. A doctor mm-hmm. loves to help people, you know, but the doctor has to come to a place where he helps that individual and then he moves on. He has to bury that instant, instance, you know, yeah. if, if they pass away, if they get healed, whatever, if they fix their life, they will, they will help that individual and move on. And I've had to do that sometimes in here in ministry. You help people as much as you can and you yeah. move on. You know, emotionally, you've got to just kind of move on and leave yeah. it in the hands of God because it can be a place where you get, you get so bogged down. It's, it's almost right. depressing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I remember, I remember, uh, when that happened. I'm thankful that I did have the privilege to meet your Yeah. She was a wonderful person. Yeah. I, uh, uh, I had spoken about it in a previous podcast, but I, was, I kind of used Pastor here with, for his example, mm-hmm. uh, because his dad was taken, uh, from, by cancer at a fairly young age while Dallas was, um, relatively young, but he was, you know, it's, it's that is trying to answer that impossible question. And the one thing that he felt like God told him after, after quite a few weeks of questioning was that in God's eyes, he did have, he finally did get his ultimate healing, um, which is great. Uh, and I feel like that's true. And the hard part is when, when those people, when, whether, when we don't know if they had salvation, um, you know, and that, that's, that makes those instances uh, uh, even more difficult. Difficult, yeah. Um, and that's, you have to... Sorry, go ahead. No, no. That's why the Bible says that we have a hope, the blessed hope. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some things we don't know, but we hope for. You know? Right. And if, if they were in Christ, that's amazing. And then the thing is, that hope is a sure hope. You know, It's not a maybe or maybe not situation. Uh-huh. It's a sure hope that they... We will see them on the other side, but right. it, it makes it difficult when they're not in the faith. I this is another personal one, and I've not told it to anybody, and I don't think my family members will be listening to this. <laughs> but oh, wow. uh, I have, I had an uncle. I had an uncle uh, who was dying of uh, uh, liver cancer, and he had uh, blood. Blood was just, he had to have blood transfusion and all that. But he had a liver cancer and was dying. He was Muslim. And uh, and he had tried everything. He's, he lived here in the States and he traveled to Fiji eventually to just see if the, it can be done by the imams and the witch doctors and all of that. And nothing was helping, you know. And uh, at that time, man, I was just young and crazy, you know. And I'm still a little bit crazy. But anyway. Yeah. And I just, we went, my mom and I began to tell him that there is a Jesus that uh, he can and deliver. You. But more mm-hmm. than that, we focused on uh, his, you know, salvation. We have seen, I've literally seen this as a man that had uh, sickness of uh, skin, you know, 
and he got baptized and he come out of the water god just healed the skin totally so anyway wow. we were telling him this that god has healed people that he needs to be baptized and god needs to you know he must receive the holy ghost so without the family members knowing he privately came to us and said he wants to do that you know wow. and uh, the missionary and myself and my mom we took him you know to the water and we baptized him in the name of jesus and wow. he come he came out of the water with his wife standing right beside him he started speaking in other tongues and the spirit of god gave him the utterance oh man and that Praise man god. within within 5 wow. days 5 days later he died he died wow and but he did not get his healing physically healing physically yeah physically wow but i that i feel genuinely that he had a miracle in his life a miracle right. of all miracles where he got healed spiritually you know wow and uh, i'd rather see someone spiritually heal than yeah. physically heal and go to hell you know what did anything yeah. happen with his wife with your aunt his wife came, no he, she she went came back to america and then she was dealing with the uh, the loss and all of that you know yeah. she came went to came to america and just uh uh she believed but she did not change okay and uh yeah. she went on she was she was a aunt by marriage and she went on and she got remarried oh, okay. and all that yeah well you know that's what i think about the gate beautiful um yeah you know that obviously these men obviously peter and john knew who this man was um, yes he said that and day. and this time was the right time because they were about to minister to 3000 people mm-hmm. and they needed that that grand entry I guess you right, could say. Right, and right. so they healed this man and he goes in Leaving, and then yeah. over 3000 people mm. receive the um receive salvation and uh you know kind of like how you started it off bro that's just is that's not the end purpose or the end goal. Right. Of Right. Healing in a, in and of itself, right? Uh, but there's a greater purpose, right? Um, and, and hopefully, well, you know, either way, in the states, there's just so much reliance on Western medicine that mm-hmm. <clears throat> the faith level is. Yeah, I think people's faith is just it's just not there. Yeah, they need twice as much convincing that this will right. work for them, you know. And it, and I I feel like uh, you know. It, since you mentioned that but i i feel like it's happening here it is happening here and the 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 miracles that i saw in foreign fields in fiji and papua new guinea in samoa and tonga in, in foreign fields australia it's happening in america and i think people are desperate and they Amen. they have tried medicine it doesn't work they have tried alcohol they've tried they've tried money they've tried everything that they know to try but they still have uh, and most of it is emotional healing and deliverance that right. needs to be done here their people are hurting you know people are hurting they need a miracle of a breakthrough in their emotions because it's an internal uh, internal pain they cannot get rid of you know right. and that is the god can be the only one that does that in their life and uh, they will never be the same i I've, I've been seeing uh, a lot of emotional healing and whenever i preach on deliverance I, we we see people that come forward and and god 
delivers them. And then we hear testimony of people, how they were cutting themselves because they were in so much pain. You know, yeah. they come out of drugs. I, I've, I've heard people's story right at the altar that they were addicted to heroin and they God delivered them and, and all of that, you know. Yeah, and so it's wow. real. It works. It is here in America. We just believe and uh, forget about our reputation and just mm-hmm. step forward and just do it, you know what I mean? In our way, yeah. in whatever way that we are comfortable. Well, I know I definitely uh, am glad that we recorded today because this, uh, this is one of those ones that I'm really glad that I'm, I was a part of it because uh, yeah. I'm definitely leaving this, uh, this podcast uh, better than when I came. Amen. Um, I'm glad, man. Let but, your uh, faith be renewed and restored and let's just have revival for Jesus, man. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Let the miraculous follow your ministry, you know, and uh, that's apostolic. That's very much apostolic. It is. And uh, we will see it more in this hour as uh, we come, you know, to wrap up the time in history. God's going to show His Himself through us, through the miraculous, you know, the right. signs and wonders following us. That's what confirms the word, you know, the signs and wonders, right. saying that, hey, I am God, and I'm alive and well. <laughs> I'm alive and well. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, it's time for us to wrap up again. If you would like the show notes for this episode, you can get them at BehindThePulpitPodcast.com slash 34. Thanks again for listening, and until next episode, remember, you matter to the kingdom of God. Behind the Pulpit Podcast.